Welcome to the Tony Talks Wealth Podcast. This show is dedicated to helping you manage your money better, invest wisely, retire early, and grow your wealth for you and your family and live your best life. My name is Tony Thomas, Charter Financial Planner, Pension Specialist, and Money Coach. I've advised thousands of people over the last 30 years. I'm going to share with you real life stories and everything that you need to know to build a financially secure future and a great lifestyle. If you enjoy the podcast, then feel free to subscribe and leave a review. Now let's dive into today's episode on the Tony Talks Wealth Podcast. I'm really pleased to be joined by Jim Mulhusen today. So a big welcome to you, Jim, and thank you for joining Oh, you bet, Tony. Glad to be here. Jim is a business coach and author who has created the Half Retire Blueprint for Business Owners. So, Jim, please tell us more about you, your coaching business, and the Half Retire Blueprint that so many business owners can adopt for themselves. Oh, well, yeah, great. I'll, I'll try to keep it short. So, I've been a lifetime entrepreneur, you know, started a business in college, uh, started another one in law school, uh, and have just owned a variety of businesses over my life and eventually got into uh, mastermind groups. And over the course of that, I've done, I think, 11,000 and counting one on one session with business owners and met a lot more than that, tens of thousands, uh, traveling around doing speeches on uh, one of my three books. And through that, here's what I started to see. Business owners approaching retirement age, and I'm sure you've heard about the silver tsunami of all these yes, businesses. Yes, yeah, so. And uh, nobody's wet, are they? Uh, there, there's no tsunami <laughs> of people selling. And, and I started to say, why? Why are people not selling their business? And I think there are three reasons that people don't sell their business. Number one is financial, that they have what's called a valuation gap, meaning well, when I sell it, I think I'll get X and I've got X amount of written investments and that's going to yield me X amount of income. And you go, crap, I kind of like the lifestyle that I have. I really don't want to cut my income in half yeah. just to not do this business. You know, and it, it falls into that old saying in the broker's world, people don't sell businesses for money. They sell them because they're frustrated. Yes. Yeah, very true. And, and, and you, you take a big financial lump because the reality is that stream of income from your business is way more valuable than whatever lump sum you're going to sell it for, Correct. or 90% of the people that I deal with, which yep. we'll call them businesses worth less than $10 million. Yep. And so you go, they've got this problem that I, I can't keep up the pace. I can't do six days a week or 70 hours or even 40 hours yep. anymore. If I could keep that income, but ditch the grief, that would be awesome. That's the best of both worlds. And so that's what half retired is designed to do. Keep the business, ditch the stress. Number two is they don't want to retire. And I think this is why the silver tsunami never happened is I don't feel that old at 62 or 65, or I've got 70 year olds that are still going strong, right? I don't want to retire. What am I going to do? There's only so much shuffleboard I want to play. Okay? <laughs> yeah. And so they don't want to retire. That's the generation before us wanted that watch and we yeah. don't. Uh, and then the last is I'll call it a transition. I just was on a, a podcast yesterday uh, for a family business guy, and he helped people transition the business to the next generation. And it could be employees. Hear it all the time. My employees have given their lives to me. I don't want to just sell because statistically half of them are going to lose their jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we don't want to do that to these key people, right? Or how do I transition it to my kids? They're not quite ready to run this thing. They can't do without me. And so in half retirement, one of the key pieces is what we call Picasso work. 
And this is kind of how, because we pull a pretty good magic trick. How do I keep my income the same, but cut my work down to, uh, you know, Hall of Fame status is two half days a week. So yeah, how do you yeah. do that, right? That's removing a lot of work equity that you give to the business. How are we able to keep your income the same? Well, that's a good trick. And one of the ways that we do that is figuring out what we call your Picasso work. And if you think about a painting, a million yep. dollar painting, what's it take to get that done? And the answer is a whole bunch of stuff, Yeah. right? What are we going to paint? Get the canvas, mix the paint, do this. But the only thing that the artist, Picasso, needs to do is touch the brush to canvas and sign it <laughs> yeah. to make it worth a million bucks. Yeah. That's the minimum. Yeah. And we all have that genius work that only we can do, right? But the rest of it becomes this hairball of junk that we do every day. And then people try to delegate it and you can't hand off a hairball, right? You've seen it. You know, yeah. they, they pass off and they go, I it can't gets, delegate it gets worse. myself, yeah. right? And then because they're trying to delegate a hairball. And so we're going to untangle that hairball through this process that we call fever, F-E-V-E-R, uh, five steps to, to get that down just to this Picasso work, which is about 2% of the work you do, okay? It has tremendous value. Let's call it $1,000 an hour, $1,500 an hour work. Yeah. And if you keep on donating that to the business, it doesn't take much time, but the business keeps that value and that keeps your paycheck intact. Fascinating. So to expand on that, so how, do you, how does a business owner uh, set up their business so they can just be the Picasso towards the end, should we say, and putting mm -hmm. his mark on that work? Well, so we use a six-step process, right? Uh, the first one is the magnet, meaning if you don't have a good reason that yeah. you want to have retire, none of this stuff is going to work because it's going to take some effort. It's going to take change, which is effort by itself, right? None of us want to change. We've got a magic formula that works. I'd love it. Uh, you know what every business owner wants, at least everyone that I've ever met, including myself? How do I get dramatically better results by doing absolutely nothing different than what I'm doing today? That's okay. what I want. Yeah. I'm guessing you do too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, that's the old definition of insanity quote, right? So magnet. The second is a key piece that really kind of differentiates some of the other stuff that you've seen out there. You know, you hear systematize your business and everything yeah. would be great. Yeah. And we love systems too. Okay. But without mindset changes, you will not be able to half retire. Yeah. Okay. For, for instance, um, we talk about a harvest mindset versus a growth mindset. Your business was here, you know, you, you, you were bootstrapping, right? Yeah, and yeah, you yeah. all that work and you got it to here and you got it to here. Well, that's a growth mindset. Yeah. And all those things that you did working your butt off, all that, you know, for instance, uh, one of them is um, the harder I work, the more money I make. That's not a helpful mindset no, it's not. for half retirement. It's the exact opposite yeah. of what we're trying to do. And yeah. that needs to be rewired. We call it remapping. Okay. We've got to remap those mindsets. Okay. Step two. Step three, we call removing the business owner from the gears, right? That they're a vital gear in the business. Yeah. We, analogy, do you have Jenga over there? We do, do yes. Ever played Jenga? Yes, many times. The Tower of Wood, right? Yeah, that's right. You ever, you ever push on a piece of Jenga and the whole tower slides back a couple of inches and you realize, oh my gosh, I about tipped this thing over just touching that piece? Many, right? yeah. That piece is the business owner. Yeah. It's stuck. You try to remove that piece from the tower, the tower topples, 
We've all felt that way owning a business. That's a very so good how, analogy. I love that, sir. Yeah, how do you remove that piece? Okay. Yeah. Well, if you play Jenga, you know that if you remove this one here and you remove this one here, you wait five or 10 turns, that piece that used to be stuck isn't stuck. You've reproportioned it. That's what we do in step three that we call the Jenga step. We call okay. this for a reason, right? We're going to slide that sucker out and we do it through systemization. We do it through this fever process. We do it through finding your Picasso work. Very robust set of, of tactics and tricks that we're going to use to do that. In step four, we re-leverage assets, meaning if I'm going to remove 30, 40 hours of your time from the business, yeah. that's going to cost money. That's going to actually lower profits. You're doing something important. How do we not make you take a paycheck? I promised you no cut and pay. How do you do that? Well, you've got leverageable assets there. People, machinery, cash, mm -hmm. ability to borrow money. You've got lots of assets, business models. How do we re-leverage those and squeeze a little bit more juice out so we can make up for what we're losing in your time input? Okay? Right. That's step four. And then step five is setting the autopilot. How do we set up uh, dashboards? How do we set up a flash reporting system? How do we use culture as manager in your stead to get things done when your eyeballs aren't in the bu building anymore, right? You never need to worry about stuff going wrong. You're there. Yeah. How do you make sure it doesn't go wrong when you're not, not there? there? Yeah. Okay. Well, we do that through culture, through, uh, through KPI dashboards, lots of things that we're going to set up for the business owner. Step six, we want to enjoy the spoils, right? Uh, I've, We've got, a, we've got a client that, uh, this, is, this is a Hall of Famer here. He has not set foot in his business for two and a half years. Really? Hasn't even been there. And you and I would both like to make what this guy makes. Right, I'm, I'm sure, it, yeah. It, it's, it's seven figures. Seven figures, it never has to show up. And it's not some huge conglomerate. It's a big company, but it's not that big. Yeah. But he's done a good job, right? He's done a good job, uh, you know, setting it up. Um, you know, it, it's, it's amazing some of the things that we've seen people accomplish. And then, of course, the good news is imagine if you do all this, right? So let's take business A versus business yeah. B. Business A, so my, my first, the business I bought in law school was a muffler shop. It's called Meineke Discount Mufflers. It's the second largest chain here. Okay. Uh, actually, it was owned by, I got bought by a British company, GKN, back when I was a franchisee. <laughs> and... So I ended up with several stores. That's why I never practiced laws. I had this business that was doing well. But when I graduated law school, it went from a hobby to, do I really want to do this for a living? Despite yeah. making money, I said, you know what? I, I, I can't get this place to run well. You could see the sales drop when I wasn't physically there. Yeah. Literally, you could see a chart when it was law school exams. It'd go, boom, and then I'd be back and it'd go like this. And you go, I, I don't want to do this, right? I was frustrated. And so I sold that nice stream of income for 3X, which is pretty standard here in the States. Yeah. And you go, I should have half retired at 26. I'd be a lot wealthier if I did that. But imagine selling that business for 3X earnings back then. But imagine I did all the things that we're talking about. Yeah. I now don't need to be there. Yeah. And there's another franchisee in town that owns almost all of them now. He owns 11 of them. He didn't go to work. I mean, he has a general manager. He's got good managers at the store. You know, the guy came from Coca-Cola and he always wanted to set it up. So he wasn't integral when even he had just had one store. He ran it differently than we did. We were running to maximize profit for ourselves. He was running it to set up something that would run forever. And he did a better job. You know, he, he's well beyond half retired and has been for a decade and, and makes an enviable income from a business. But imagine he wanted to sell his stores what he would get versus what I got. 
Yeah. Yeah. He, he's got a real, he's got a money-making machine. Exactly. Much yeah. closer to a public company. Yeah. I had a modified job that we'll call a business. Yeah. But that isn't that the case for the majority of business owners. It's a, it's a job by another name. Um, you yeah. have to go, obviously you have to go there to, earn, uh, to make that business work and to, uh, to earn a living. Um, but this blueprint, um, sounds like the ideal, uh, strategy for every single business person out there. Well, I'd love it if a smart financial guy like you would run this math for me because it may be over my head. It's been a long time since I was a CPA, <laughs> but I, I can, I can see it straight away. I mean, as soon as you've mentioned that to me, it's, it's, it's something that every business owner should take note of and find out more of this, sir. Well, so let me just throw random numbers at you. So let's say that I make a half a million dollars in my business. Yeah. Okay. The value of my job that I perform is not 500,000. Correct. Right. So let's just say I could go get a Harvard grad to do my job. Everyone goes, no one could do my job. And I'm like, hogwash. You didn't come out of the womb knowing how to do this. You learned yeah. it. Yeah. You're just smart and motivated and all of that. And, you know, let's go hire a really smart person from Oxford or Harvard or something yeah. to, to do your job for 250K. I'll bet they can come pretty close after six months. Yeah. Right. So now we're going to pay 250 for the value of your job, which means that we can sell that job for 3X. Correct. 250 times three. Yeah. But the 250 that is really business income or what we call equity income, we want to yeah. move from hard earned income to equity income. I say you get a 10 X yeah. on that equity income. Yeah. I would agree with that. You know? And so that that's where if you have retire and I remind people, not only are you going to extend, you know, your retirement in a palatable fashion, which I'm sure you can see the effect. We, I think we've run the numbers at say 300 K a business owner that makes 300 K that half retires for five years, adds about $1.3 million to their net worth. Yeah. That's a pretty significant. You make more than that, that number is going to, keep, going to keep on going up. But the other part that we really don't want to put in the calculation, but should, is how much more do they get for the business five years later? Right now, I got a business that runs on autopilot versus this little bit of a train wreck that I have to show up at every day today. Yeah. Well, you're going to get more money for the business too, and that could be another million dollars. This is very much down to having, as you mentioned earlier, the right mindset to think differently, but also what I conceive it, the sooner you put this into place, the better. You don't have to wait until your 60s. You can do this as soon as you've got a business uh, that is working uh, and you can systemize it and you can transform it so that it does run on uh, as automatic pilot as possible. But you, this, this time frame. It's not just for people in their 60s, for example. You can do this. If you can set a business up in your 20s or 30s, you can do this for the rest of your life. Yeah, don't make the same mistake I did. Yeah, you, we're all done You, that, you so. don't want to sell your golden goose. You want to just keep getting the eggs. Yeah. You, you don't want to sell the golden goose, unless there's a reason. I mean, I had a client that you know, had a software company that had uh, – he was – he would, he would come to group, he was in my group, and he'd be like, I just don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this. And he was not even 40. in a nice business. I mean, a very enviable income. You know, yeah. lived down the street from football players on our NFL team. You know, he'd see them walking their dogs. He had a good business. I'd be like, why would you sell this dream of income? And he just didn't want to do it anymore. And his main cause of stress was he had one very large Fortune 500 customer yeah. that was 80% yeah. of his business. 
Right, okay. And he just felt like he was just teetering all the time of what if I lose this? What if I lose this? What if I lose this? And uh, we were able to find a buyer that was able to take that fairly big wart and they did end up losing that account about three years later. So uh, that price looks pretty good yeah. right now because without that business, he wouldn't have got what he got. But compared to his income stream, it was a lousy deal. It was several million dollars, you know, that he got. Um, but, it, you know, in that situation, you know, half retirement isn't for everybody. No, you know? it's, and you, as you know, some people, uh, many business owners, in fact, uh, think of their business very much as their baby, if you like. Um, they just don't want to let go of that in any shape or form. That's a mindset issue. Yeah. <laughs> my business is my baby is on the list of 37 mindsets that are potentially problems. But and it's, it's, you put, think of all the blood, sweat, and tears you put into turning this from nothing yeah. to where it's at. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I wrote an article on LinkedIn uh, called, Hey, Idiot, Delegate. It's not what you think. Because I did a little research. I said, like, why is it so hard to delegate? Right? Because that's what everybody tells us. Listen, entrepreneurs, you're messed up in the head. This is so simple. Delegate. And here's what all the things say. One, decide to delegate. Two, find a person to delegate to. Three, follow up with them a little bit. Four, problem solved. Uh, I've never seen that work, ever. I've never seen that system of, because here's what I figured out. And then the article was basically a slam on traditional delegation. Yeah. Maybe at a corporation that works, yeah. but it doesn't work for us because it focuses on who, and this is a trap. We actually ban the word delegation from half retire because it's a trap. Delegation is not the answer. We, we call it offloading. You need to get rid of work. But for instance, one of the letters in fever is eliminate. Do you need to have a sales meeting every week or can you have it every other week? Could you have it once a month? Could you just not do it? Can you live without this report? Uh, whatever it would be. There's some, it's not a ton, but you can just eliminate stuff and it doesn't need to be delegated. Um, firing customers, for instance, is a, is a move a lot of people aren't willing to make but there are certain situations, let's call it 10% of the people that you can radically change your business yeah. by yeah. firing customers. And yeah. if you don't believe me, think back to the last recession. Think back to 08. Yeah. Remember how well your business ran? You were bitching about sales, right? You were, you were complaining, ah, crap, sales are lousy. But remember how well your business ran when you, you know, uh, involuntarily lost some sales, right? You cut all the bad people, right? You, you eliminated bad customers and your business ran like a Swiss watch. Same thing, you know, that sometimes firing a problem customer or a marginally profitable customer can, can make a big difference because people forget sales don't drive cost, transactions do. I think it's true, yeah, I, I don't know where I've read this, but I think it's true to say that uh, often you are marginally profitable clients or problematic clients often takes up far much more time. Um, therefore, this is why it's important to make sure you're only dealing with uh, the clients that are profitable, uh, maybe are less time consuming. So that makes your business much easier to run as well. So you don't want to spend, be wasting lots of time on customers or clients where they are not making you a profit or they're taking up too much of your time. Yeah, we rank them on 15 criteria. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, because you know what? Our human nature ranks them on one criteria. Yeah. How much sales? 
Correct. We're going to rank them on their profit margin, yeah. products they order. Some products are harder to fill. Uh, how do they treat your people? Yeah. You, ever had, you ever had an employee? I've had, you know, again, 11,000 one-to-ones. I've had good employees that will threaten to quit if they've got to deal with XYZ yeah, company. Yeah, no, I've seen that. Yeah. Right. And, and so you go, well, I don't want to lose Bob or Mary because yeah. just because the client's a jerk. Yeah. And so now you've got to assign somebody else, you know, to do that. Well, maybe they shouldn't be a customer. You know, how do they pay? Right. How good, you know, how solid is their business? Are they going to go bankrupt? I've got a client that sells a consumer product and uh, there's a drugstore chain that was looking at buying from him. And I'm like, don't sell to them. They're on bankruptcy, you know, run their Z score. They're at real risk of going bankrupt. Do we really want to extend credit to these people? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Tell me in terms of the, the six steps uh, that you go through with, uh, with business owners uh, to, to go through this half retirement strategy, what, how long does this take? I mean, is this a, you know, a sort of uh, six months or is it, a two-year sort of arrangement? How does it work? And the answer is yes to all of those, right? Okay, I mean, so it depends on how long it was you needed to take. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I have a, we have a client that is a physical therapist. He has a nice business. He's about 30 people. One coaching session cut 20 hours a week off of his calendar, okay? Now, he, I, I, you know, I don't know where he stands in his, you know, half-retirement plan, okay? But Sometimes that magic can happen. I've had people, you know, cut stuff like that in a month, two months, where they radically reduce the amount of work and the business is still running like a Swiss watch with a lot less of their time. But uh, for instance, I have a client that has a very large business and he wanted to get out of the sales function, but he yeah. was the face of the company. Mm -hmm. That's a tough trick, right? It took him over a year to get to a point where he could say, and I, I disagreed with him and, and said, hey, Bill, I don't know that you need to get 100% out of sales, yeah. 90, 95%. He still wanted to go to work, right? He didn't want to be bored yeah. in retirement. Uh, I said, you know, I don't mind if you do your Picasso work, right? They, they had Google, they were building a building for Google. I'm like, you know, you can still talk to Google. I don't think you need to go, no, I'm never talking to Google ever again. That might be <laughs> much, you know, you, you, can, you can stay the face for the key customers, that's Picasso work. But he was able to uh, literally 100% remove himself from the sales function, but it took a year. But you know, it depends on everything from how many people you have. We've got people that have one person businesses. You can still benefit from 60, 70% of the half retirement. Yeah, people. absolutely. Nobody there to offload work to, it changes the dynamic and you can't really grade it on, you know, this guy has hundreds of employees. <laughs> the Google guy has hundreds of employees. He's got a lot of people to offload to should he want to, should he want to do that. Um, you know, how much of a mess is it right now? You know, if it's a train wreck and you're at the center of everything and you can't leave to go, you know, buy a soda at the gas station without things falling apart, that's a little bit different situation yeah. than someone that has a pretty clean running business, but just wants to work, uh, you know, work less. Yeah. No, absolutely. What I can see from what you're saying to me is that I mentioned again earlier is that I think it's definitely a, obviously it's a mindset uh, thing, but this should be adopted as soon as possible. It should be something that, you know, I know this is not taught in uh, college or, or university or in school, but this is something you should always go into business with the end in mind. Uh, and if you can do that, this is very much part of the, 
no, part of your building blocks is how to structure the business so you can half retire. It's not solely reliant on you, which many businesses are. So you can have the best of both worlds. You can have the income. You can have the lifestyle outside of work, outside of the business. Yeah, and I'm sure that you get frustrated by this more than me, but there's a lot of people that take the ostrich approach, right? Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, I think the majority of the population do that. So. Well, right. It's human nature. Yeah, of course. You know, there was a, I remember reading an article on CNN about a woman that in 2008 was just taking her retirement statements and throwing them on a shelf because she didn't want to open them up. And I'm like, ditto, <laughs> right? You, know, you, just, you just didn't want to deal with it. And that's what people do, right? I don't want to deal with this. I'll put my head in the sand. Maybe the problem will go away. It won't. You know, it's no different than saving early for your problem, retirement. The problem never goes away. You're just kicking the, the can down the road, that's all. Yeah, and it's a shame. You know, I mean, I, I sometimes talk to 70-year-olds that are working 65 hours a week and traveling six days a week, and you go, how much longer do you think that you can keep doing that? I mean, kudos to you, and they've got a nice business and a nice income, but it's that I don't want to sacrifice my lifestyle. Uh, I, on the podcast yesterday, he quoted a stat that I was like, I don't agree with that at all. He said, well, most people can live on 60% of their current income in retirement. And I'm like, well, don't be putting me on that list because I don't want to live on 60% of what I'm making now. Uh, well, often the opposite is true because you want to do more things. If you've got more time, uh, then uh, to do the things that you uh, want to do will take money. And as a result of that, it's often, certainly in the early stages anyway, it takes more money than what you were currently been earning. And why? Yeah. If you don't have to I want enjoy myself, right? Yeah, if I'm gonna, it's like, let's go on that trip around the world or whatever it is that I'm going to do uh, to, to enjoy my retirement. But I, you know, I can run the math and I make good money, but I don't want to cut it 40%. I can tell you yeah. that much yeah. without doing much math. Do you work with any particular sectors or industries? Have you got a favorite or is it you can basically teach this to any business owner as long as they're open to this idea and they've got the right mindset. Yeah, it'll work for, it'll work for anybody, but yeah. we certainly see a lot of people in construction, yeah. uh, dentists and doctors, yeah. uh, surprisingly. But, you know, we have people in manufacturing. I mean, you, you name it, engineering. We get a lot of people that are professional service providers. Yeah. Um, because, you know, their problem is they sell their time for money. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's been hardwired for a really long time yeah. of the more I work, the more I make and getting them to say, we need to turn this into a business, not a billing opportunity. It can be really the mindset stuff is, is the hard part there. But at some point, and you know, dental practices don't sell for jack. I'm just befuddled how little a dental practice sells for. It's an awful deal. Uh, strange, I always thought certainly in the UK, then dental practices have sold, maybe not at the moment, but historically they've sold for uh, decent sums. However, uh, I think it, uh, everything changes uh, over time uh, with that anyway. With regards to the people that go through uh, your uh, half-retired system, tell me what what you see them as when they first start in terms of their approach to this and when you see them at the end is that and it's like a eureka moment probably not at the end but obviously as they go along they realize that they can have the best of all worlds if they follow the strategies that you teach them 
Yeah, so we, uh, we've gotten in the habit of promising people that we can find them four hours pretty quickly. Okay. We even did a webinar, did a one-hour webinar, <laughs> four hours now, yeah. and have no problem saying that we can do that because everybody's got it. Uh, and there's, you know, I got enough tricks in the bag that we can always find four hours. And the reason that we want to do that, uh, sometimes we joke about that being one-tenth retirement, right? Uh, 10% yeah. of a week. Um, is momentum to what you said. If all of a sudden, you know, it, we're not going to get many of those phone calls with the physical therapist where it's like, hey, there's 20 hours if you just do this. And he goes, holy crap, you're right. Uh, let's start doing that immediately. Yay. Uh, <laughs> those are great. Uh, but that wouldn't work for me. It wouldn't work in my business. You couldn't cut 20 hours, you know, based upon one thing. I, yeah. I, need, I have a hairball, you know, I have too yeah. many different things that I do. And the part that everybody forgets about delegating is scale makes it easy. Yes. No, absolutely. See, I travel all the time and it could take somebody 20 hours a week to just manage my travel schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's easy to delegate. Try to delegate something that takes five hours every other or five minutes every other week. Yeah. yeah. We all have that work. Five minutes every other week. Good luck delegating that. We call it the dog collar. You know, you're just stuck with it. Uh, but, but can we restructure the system? Can we eliminate? Can we bulk it up? You know, how, how do you do it? But yeah, one of the yeah. ways, and they always think it's a person. The answer is Susie. I'm just going to hire Susie and yeah, she's going to yeah. be able to handle this inordinate amount of variety that I can handle. And yeah, I go, yeah. I'm going to bet against Susie. I'm sure she's smart. Okay. But it tends to be an entrepreneurial type person okay. that can do that. Yeah. And Susie works for me, which means she's a job person, not an entrepreneur. So therefore, I have this disconnect of she's probably not going to want as much variety as I will put up with. Yeah, which means okay. it's hard to yeah. delegate. Yeah, there's nothing. There's no better feeling for me when I'm advising my clients and showing them that they can uh, fully retire, uh, um, maybe five, ten years earlier than what they plans. What sort of what pleasure do you get out of when you see your your customers or your clients going through this process? Well, it could be anything, right? I mean, it's uh, I, I have a client that started and he said, my doctor said my business is costing me heartbeats. <laughs> Quote, unquote. Okay? Yeah. And we have him uh, doing whatever, you know, w when, you're, when you're in CEO emeritus status. Yeah. You're doing the work you like. You're not doing the work you don't like. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, it's hard for us to go there, right? Yeah. I guarantee you, you have work that if I said the world is your oyster yeah. and yeah. there's no impediment whatsoever to not doing stuff, you would have a list of stuff that you don't like to do. Me too. Yeah, I'm sure you do. So paperwork. <laughs> yeah, anything, right? And then you, you go, well, why do you do it? Well, because I have a business to run and it just needs to get done. And so we're pretty good at just taking that on and not bitching about it. You know, yeah. we just do it. Yeah. But what if, what if you could get it done? What if there was another way to get that done? So the opportunity to see people not have to stress about their retirement, that's the yeah. biggest one. That yeah. first group where they've got that gap and all of a sudden, you know, the, the, that pit in their stomach goes away. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I am going to be okay. It's a great feeling. Yeah. And like, it's a similar feeling to what I get. So, how many people over the years have you taught the system to? Oh God, I don't even know. I mean, I was, uh, I was, do I, I've been coaching since 2001. 
Okay. So lots and lots of people, you know, with, with a variety of, you know, and lots of everything from, uh, you know, family members. We, we just did a couple of ESOPs where we, uh, you know, have the employees buy the business from the owner. I've got one of the yeah. works right now for yeah. a software company. Uh, you know, so it could be anything, but the real thing is uh, what I call a graceful exit. Yeah. So if someone says, hey, Tony, I'd love to buy your business for $30 million. Yeah. And you could just go like this and you go, yeah. you know, half retirement sounded pretty good, but I'm just going to take the 30 million bucks yeah. and call it a day. Yeah. And I'll go do start another business or do something else if I want to. That's a graceful exit. Okay. But settling, selling your business because you're frustrated and then, you know, opening up this, gee, I wonder if I'm going to be, you know, eating dog food in five years. Yeah. Is not a graceful exit. Yeah, but I mean, from your point of view, uh, for people to go through the system, whether they sell it uh, in its entirety or whether they half retire, it's still a win-win, isn't it? They can't, they are going to benefit and they have choices where at this moment in time, they are probably going to work in that business until they drop. Correct. Correct. Yeah, because most of them are going to sell later. Yeah. The question is when, right? If they don't have someone that they want to pass it yeah. to. You know, it, to me, the thing that the, the one thing that gets in my craw is I'm on this newsletter list from a liquidation company. All these businesses that just shut down. Yeah. Ones. I remember there was a mannequin business that I saw something on this large mannequin supplier for tuxedos. And you can imagine that business got hit pretty hard with COVID. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Still, yeah. That the exit plan for the business is just liquidate the stuff for pennies on the dollar and, uh, you know, hope you got a little pile of money. That's sad. Yeah. That is not a graceful exit. Uh, yeah. or, you know, or just you hear about it. They just shut down and we're just not in business anymore. And, and I've seen it. And you go, I could have got you $100,000 for that business in a week if you would have just rang my phone. Yeah. pay you for that. You don't yeah. need to just make it go away tomorrow because you're that fed up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing I find fascinating, and again, I ask all my I guess this question, and you would have seen it yourself with obviously the clients that you deal with, but what does wealth actually mean to you? Well, what, what is it? The three kinds of wealth, right? Financial wealth, yeah. health, you know, and, and uh, social, yeah. social wealth. Uh, entrepreneurs are terrible about two of those three. They are. They work too much. Yeah. They don't have work-life balance. Yeah. You know, the, the, the stories that I hear about reconnecting with family or, yeah. you know, I, I've had several people that uh, have problems where, uh, in fact, I've got two women where both of their husbands have retired. Yeah. And so now they're like, uh, one of them, it's been a couple of years that they promised they'd retire together. Yeah. She's still working. Yeah. yeah He's yeah. not. Yeah. You know, so now he's feeling like a nag. It's yeah. causing stress on their marriage. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't want to say I'm a therapist. My wife's a therapist, not me. Uh, but, but, you know, it can, it can save marriages, save family relationships. You know, now it's, uh, you know, I get calls from people that say, uh, I've missed most of my kids, you know, growing up. They got two more years to go in high school and I'm not going to miss these last two years. How do I fix that? Yeah, I think this part of it is underplayed, and it's and it's time that you can't get back. And I think that you know it's it's about you and your family, and uh, making everybody um, you know enjoy the spoils of the hard work that you put in. But it's got to be obviously a, you know a, a sort of a timing that suits everybody. 
Yeah, in terms of somebody looking to find out more about uh, this system of half retirement, how do they get in touch with you if they want to know more or work with you? So a couple of ways. Uh, I would definitely recommend going to halfretire.com because then you can download the blueprint for free. So okay. you can get uh, not, not only the six steps, but you can get the detail of those steps uh, just in a, in a download on the site. Yeah. Uh, want more detail i think the book is a great way to get it okay. uh, I, I don't know if amazon uk has it or not i'm guessing that they do uh, i'm uh, sure you, i'm sure we do so so uh yeah so uh, the book is called half retire keep your business ditch the stress yeah uh, and it's I, I talk to people all the time that say oh yeah i'm just you know working through the book and i'm like well you can do a little better than that we've got a full-blown training program kind of as you know a next step if people are really looking to get serious yeah. Then, you know, you want to, you know, join our membership program or go through one of our boot camps. Uh, we have a six week program where we'll walk people through, you know, all the gory details of this and really, you know, put a wrench on the bolts, uh, you know, hard and fast yeah. uh, for people. And that's usually done live and local. You know, we okay. partner with people like you or accountants. Yeah. Uh, right. Like I mean, that was my next question because. Uh, obviously, you are based in the States, so anybody outside the States can till, still take advantage of this because effectively, this principles are still the same wherever you are in the world. In, oh, yeah. We've got clients all over the world. Okay. It's, uh, you know, and I'll tell you what, that was surprising to me. I assure you that business people in China or Japan or Australia or Singapore or the Mideast, yeah. we all think the same. Our personalities are the same. But yeah. The problems are the same. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously the Western world's a little bit more developed in how we do business yeah. than say China. They're 30 years behind us in some yeah. ways. Yeah. But the mentality of the business owners is identical. The problems with employees are identical. It doesn't matter what culture or, uh, or what country you're in. All right, fascinating. I will put up all the links in the show notes so people can find those there um, if they want to get in touch with you. Jim, it's been fascinating uh, to hear uh, your story. And I love the idea of the half retirement. Uh, having the best of both worlds uh, personally would suit me down to the ground. Um, so I'm going to find out a bit more about it. Uh, but thank you very much for sharing this with, you, uh, with us and my audience. And I'd like to wish you all the best uh, in everything that you do. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. Great talking, Tony, and uh, best of luck. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You can find links to everything that we've discussed in the show notes. And if you'd like to know more about what I do or see more great money tips to build a secure and a happy lifestyle, then you can find all of these on my website, ttwealth.co.uk or my YouTube channel, TTWealth. If you want to work with me, then why not book a free 30-minute call to find out how? You can also follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I also produce a bi-monthly newsletter, TT Wealth News, which contains practical money tips that is free for you to download from my website. And if you're enjoying this podcast, don't hesitate to leave a review. Of course, the more stars, the better. And equally, sharing is caring. But if you've heard something that you've enjoyed and you think will benefit someone you know, then please do share with them. I'm sure they will appreciate it. So it's goodbye until next time. And remember, live for today, invest for tomorrow.